there's this guy on YouTube. I mean, you, you might recognize him. I mean, not even by his face, but by his name. That's right. We're talking to Bearded Brad. Yeah, we're having after it. So I'm excited. We got a lot of funny stuff to go with on this. So I hope you're ready. Get the notepads out because there's going to be a bunch of knowledge drop. All the questions are lined up for knowledge for you. So, all right, here we go. You listen to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Let's get after it. Pumped up, getting ready to go. Hopefully you're doing good wherever you are. Actually, really hope you're at the beach, getting the lines in the water, getting out there, getting some fishies, because it's hot fishing right now. It just started. That's right. The Pompano Run is beginning, and it's going to be glorious. This week, we are leaving Florida. That's right. We're going one state over, just a little bit to the west. But like I said, we're talking to Bearded Brad. We got a lot of cool stuff to go with that, so... Why waste time? Let's just get into it. Brad, thanks for, the, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate you coming by. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I like that intro, too. That intro music was sweet. Thanks, man. I, between this one and Mike and I with the Friday Night Live, I'm just like, man, I guess we just really show that we love this kind of rock and metal good. So. I know you got me ready to like crack a beer and go work out. <laughs> uh, those two don't go together. I don't know why. I said that oh man, together, that, but I like cracking that. a beer sounds good. It's only ten a.m., but hey, <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. It's yeah. You know what? Over there, it's all good, man. <laughs> I love that. It's the pre-workout. You know, when you're too amped up, you need to come down with a little bit of the bush light. You know, go from there. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um. So again, uh, for those of you who didn't know. Brad is on YouTube. Uh, lots of good information on there. He's also on all your social media platforms. So Bearded Brad on YouTube, Instagram, Bearded underscore Brad, Facebook, Bearded Brad 92, and Tiki Talk, Bearded Brad 92 as well. So if you're not subscribed, y'all need to go over there and seriously do that today because Brad drops a ton of things for you to see. Um, shorts, long videos, tons of information, and it's all good and always entertaining. So, all right, now that I've bumped that up let's get into the real stuff so how tell us your how i started fishing story hmm so i grew up in middle tennessee and i grew up on a farm and there was a farm next door to us that had a pond and so growing up as a little kid we would just walk next door and and fish that pond mainly just catching like bluegill and stuff like that um outside of that like as i grew up and was kind of a teenager. I was I was hunting more, and then I actually got into golf. And I, I really didn't fish a ton in while I lived in Tennessee. Um, anytime I would go on vacation, we would we would go down to the beach, and I w- I would try to fish on the beach. Had zero clue what I was doing, um, but always throw out a line to try to catch something. We may catch a hardhead catfish at the time. I I thought it was cool. Didn't really know what it was. Um, occasionally catch a little shark or something. Um, but then once my wife and I decided that we were going to move down to the beach, I had actually booked a trip with somebody most of these people are familiar with, and that is Bama Beachbone. What? I Who's started... that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, some people know this story, but not everybody. Um, when I knew we were going to be moving down here, I started searching all kinds of stuff on YouTube, as as most people do. And of course, found Bama Beach Bum was watching his videos, 
And so I booked a trip with him, came down here. We actually came down on a trip to sign our lease at the apartment we were going to be renting. And I booked a surf fishing trip with him, and we went out. And I'm, we went out. We actually went out twice. We went out in the morning, and it was terrible. Like all we caught was hardhead catfish. And I was like, great, I, I could do this on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we actually went back out that afternoon and caught a bunch of whiting. Um, but then um, him and I are around the same age. We had kids about the same age. So a few months after that I mo- is when we moved down here. Um, and we just kind of became friends with him and his wife and I started fishing with him more. That's, that's kind of how I got into all the surf fishing stuff. Isn't it funny how that happens? <laughs> you kinda... I know. Crazy. Like, like I tell people that they're like, you went on trips with Damon Beach. I was like, yep, he pretty much taught me what I know. I've <laughs> <laughs> been fishing with him and YouTube. I, I think a lot of people have the misconception that the YouTubers are not approachable. And yeah, it, it's so far from the truth. It, it definitely is. Um, and like I tell people, people kind of have the same experience like what I had with him because watching him on YouTube, you feel like you like learn everything about this person. You know everything about him. And so when I went on this trip with him, I like I, I knew exactly what he looked like, the kind of car he drove. Like pretty much everything, and then but when he's meeting me, he has no clue who I am. Yeah, it's not. And be, so like I, I get to have the same experience the the other way around now, and I get to meet <laughs> subscribers and stuff. Like we pretty much we let these people into our lives, and they know majority of stuff about our lives. And um, but it is really cool getting able being able to meet these subscribers and and hear their stories and how much we help them learn stuff, or we're kind of like a good way for them to kind of get a release and and get out of their crazy nine to five jobs and hop on YouTube and they may be up in the Midwest or somewhere freezing their butt off throughout the winter, but they're enjoying what we're doing by watching our videos. So it's really cool. Uh, Yeah. It's funny. No one's ever explained it like that, but when you say it like that, it makes absolute sense because uh, when I, I don't know if I told you, so I was in mid Tennessee, I was in Springfield um, Mm -hmm. when the pandemic started and I, I sucked at fishing. <laughs> I, mean, I have no problem admitting that I really sucked. And then yeah, I did too. <laughs> it's something about that area. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but the um, uh, YouTube took me out of the pandemic while all you guys were down here fishing. And you know, Matt's channel, Tony's channel, uh, a couple others really got me like, oh, man, I want to do that. And then coming down here and I started surf fishing, I was like, okay, I get it. Then I started meeting everybody and I'm like, Huh. Huh. This is such a great escape. Now we're living. Mm-hmm. Crap, we need to share this. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so all the all of you that are out of towners, when you come, you know, if you have a bad day, just you know, watch the show, listen. We'll take you away from the bad, even for an hour if we can. We'll take you away. We'll bring you some fish. It'll be okay. Now come down here and visit and book a trip. Then it'll be really good. Absolutely. <laughs> so, speaking of that, um you're getting uh, really heavily into guiding now. Is that correct? I am. I am. Yeah. Uh, I started doing some guiding last year. Uh, I did still have a full-time job. So I was trying to run some in the afternoons and then on the weekends. Um, and then this year I am going full-time into fishing. So between YouTube and running the guided trips, uh, I'm, I'm staying pretty busy and getting 
getting booked up on those trips. So it's, I'm excited. It's, it's been good. We we're, we're kind of getting right at that point. Like it's, it's tough run, doing guided trips throughout the winter. One, cause fishing is terrible. We yeah. do get a few good days here and there, but also there's not as many people coming down here on vacation. So there's not as many people booking the trips, but we're just getting into that time. Spring break has started. More people are coming down and the schedule is filling up. So look, looking forward to this year. Yeah. Y'all better book soon. But don't worry. We'll get all that info to you here shortly. But, what got you, I guess, what was the catalyst that made you say, all right, that's it. I'm ready. Let's start guiding. So, again, initially, like, when I when I first moved down here and fishing with Matt, uh, Bama Beach Bum, and just, like, seeing what he was doing, I was like, man, that would just be awesome to fish for a living. When I first moved down here, I had no desire to, to do YouTube or anything. It wasn't even, a, never even crossed my mind. But then fishing with him, uh, Scott Kennedy, and a few other guys around here, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just start a YouTube channel, whatever. And then as I did that, it's it, it all sounds nice getting started, but then when you actually start doing YouTube and you realize how much work, how much work it takes to make any money, you're like, okay, it's, it's not very feasible that I'm going to be a full-time YouTuber <laughs> right away without doing something to actually provide for my family. Um, and so... Matt was doing guided trips, uh, Mad Dog Fishing, uh, Kayak and Kenny. There's, there's a few guys down here that do guided surf fishing. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. I'll try to run a few trips. And so I did. And then now I was, I was kind of getting fed up with the job I had. And so I'd quit my job and started working for myself. I got a background doing flooring. And so I, I started working for myself again last summer. And then that, that allowed me a little more flexibility when the fishing was good. I could get out there. I could kind of work around guided trips as well. And then really this winter, like around Christmas, I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm tired of being in the flooring industry. It's, it's a lot of work. I'm, I'm 30 years old now and working in flooring since I was 20. It's like 10 years on my knees and it's, it's stressful. And, and, uh, I was ready to do something different and decided to go all in with it. And so now here we are, full-time guided fishing and YouTube. <laughs> nice, dude. You're right. Manual labor, I mean, it, it's great in our 20s. But once yes. you get past that number two into the three, it's like, why are things hurting more? Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I can't get out of bed in the morning without, like, popping my knees and my toes and my back. And, like, <laughs> uh, I, there, there's no, like... I still feel good enough. I could continue to do it if I needed to, but if I keep putting all this on my body, I, by the time I'm 40, I'm not going to be able to move. <laughs> yeah. No, you, it, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> not that dragging a beach cart down the beach is a whole lot easier, but <laughs> no, it rolls. It's, it's more fun. It, 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 at least there's a, there's like an end to that. Like, all right, just 200 more yards and everything is right. going to be golden. For sure. <laughs> so, what do you like so much about guiding? I like being able to share the experience and, and kind of teach these people. Majority of the people that I take out fishing, either one, have no idea what they're doing and just want to learn something and catch something, and, and those those are awesome. Um, or we're coming out with some kids that have never been fishing, and, and that's the best. Anytime you can take a kid fishing, it's like the coolest experience in the world. I've, I've been able to do that with my own kids and then taking out 
other kids coming down for spring break or whatever it may be, taking young kids out and just teaching them how to fish. And I mean, they, they get excited over the hard hit catfish or the tiny whiting or the ladyfish. Some of the stuff that we, we go, oh man, I don't want to catch another ladyfish. These kids just eat it up. And it's, it's really a cool experience to share that. And sometimes we kind of forget, like, we, we live down here, we do this every day. So sometimes we forget how, how cool of an experience it can be to go catch fish from the beach. It's just like an everyday thing for us. But for these people, like some of this is like a once in a lifetime thing for them or something they only get to do once a year. So being able to share that experience and, and help these people be successful and, and doing it is, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. And you're, that's so cool that you're doing that for people now. Oh man. I'm like full time too. It, like I'm, I'm excited for you. I don't even Thank need you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a little stressful. Uh, I do have three kids and one on the way, so I, I got a I got a lot of a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> it's true. I think it should be good. Congratulations on the next one coming, by the way. Thank you, thank you, yeah, man. Uh, so, what has been one of your favorite memories on a guided trip? Oh, so we I had a guy reach out to me last fall or winter. I think it was, he reached out like last fall. And they were booking a trip for his son's birthday around Christmas. And um, Salty actually got to come on this trip with me. He he watched Salty's channel, which Salty needs to get back into making videos. Yeah, he does. But anyways, Salty. Um, <laughs> get on it. Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, they, they booked a trip with me and they told their son. They didn't even tell their son where they were going. They woke up in the morning and told him to get in the car. And they just took off driving. He didn't even know he was coming to Gulf Shores. Um, and so they, they came down. They had a house here in Gulf Shores. And I went and met them in the morning. It surprised them. I, I showed up and I knocked on his door, the front door. And they send the kid to open up. He thought his grandma was coming in town for his birthday. <laughs> and he opens the door. And it's me standing there. And like the look on his face was like, incredible it, it was a, the coolest experience because like you don't really we get messages and I, I see people out and about from time to time that'll stop and say hey they like your videos or whatever but even being like a smaller channel you don't really realize the impact you have on some people or or like these younger kids that like really look up to you um so seeing that firsthand like how much this kid enjoys what we do and watching the videos and then getting to surprise him on his birthday was it was really cool. Dude, I'm sitting here with like a smile from ear to ear right now, just imagining. I can only imagine <laughs> you, you being there like, what's up, dude? <laughs> I know. It was funny. It's like uh, Freddie went with me to help me film it. And like I'm standing outside the house getting ready to knock on the door. And my heart is racing. I'm like, I think I am more nervous than what this kid is about to be. Like, I'm about to have a heart attack. It's like, <laughs> what if I knock and he's like, uh, I don't want to see this dude. Where's Beach Bum? Or something, oh, you know? Like no. I, I was, I was like way more. I was so nervous, but it, it was cool. It was a fun <laughs> experience. And I got the fish with them. We, we actually, um, the the fishing that day was was a struggle. We caught some croakers and some catfish, and we actually did a hard head catfish catching cook back in there yeah, in their buddy. rental house. So that that was fun. <laughs> I, I mean. Uh... I mean, I did that. I, I did the catch and cook on the Finding Demo surf fishing page, and I I know people are like, "What?" It wasn't horrible, dude. It was the worst fish I've ever ate. Really? 
I don't know if I did something wrong cleaning it. Like, I definitely butchered it while I was cleaning it. Um, but it was terrible. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I would never do it again. <laughs> Not unless you absolutely had to, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless I'm starving on a beach and that's the only thing I can catch. It's a zombie apocalypse. It's completely acceptable then. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I even fried it, too. And usually, like, you put a, a nice batter with some seasoning and deep fry something. It's hard to eat it. Hard for it to be bad, but it was, it was not good. No, maybe that was the difference for me. So I grill. I did mine on the Blackstone, just like okay. I would any of the other fish. And granted, it shrunk up to nuggets. Essentially, like a whole fillet turned in. though like a six-inch fillet turned into like the three or four inches. Um, Jeez, yeah, and it, it was okay. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just oily. But everybody's like, "Yeah, fry it." I'm like, nah, "I'm gonna try this and try it." Just try. I mean, I even ate it naked. I didn't put any seasoning on it. And I was like. All right, but then again, disclaimer. Well, maybe that should be your thing. You'll be the <laughs> you'll be the new hardhead king, not salty anymore. Well, now he can have it. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat him if I have to. But I, I have the I, and I told the same thing to Cheyenne um, about this one because she's always posting those great recipes and amazing. I mean, she's a hell of a chef. Um, and we were talking, and she's. She's like, what do you think? I was like, I have the palate of, a, you know, nothing. You got to remember, so many years in the military, an MRE to me, the way to make an MRE taste good is you throw crackers in it, you throw Tabasco in it, mix it all together, and just eat and go, cool, I feel full. You know, you don't really that's, eat it. Eat, that's eat, eat probably today. why you didn't think it was as bad. Coming from the military, you've definitely ate some stuff that was worse than what I've had before. So you, you, you've tasted bad. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> Coming from that experience, uh, I'm, that that probably does make a difference. You know, you make in how you thought the hardhead catfish. You know, and saying that now, you're probably right because my bar is probably <laughs> really low. Because <laughs> I, uh, I did a video with Brent and Ron, and we ate a cheeseburger MRE, and it was awful. Oh, that one's good, dude. Yeah. It, like we pulled the packet out, and it it smelled like wet dog food. And then when we opened the cheese to like spread the cheese out, just like a bunch of liquid just fell out of the bag first. Oh, and I you was didn't, like, oh you didn't need the cheese, man. You got to need the cheese. I, no, we did. The cheese probably made it worse. Oh, yeah. I took one bite. I didn't throw up, but I was very close <laughs> to throwing up. And that video is out there on YouTube somewhere. I have to go watch this. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Uh, it's it's not good. I mean, the cheeseburger is not delicious. I will absolutely admit to that. But it is a it, it's a couple steps above the tuna casserole. Not by much, but Ugh. a little bit above. I can't imagine a tuna casserole being very good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason that you know every deployment, somebody always you know some we'll have one of our spouses send us you know either sriracha or tabasco or whoever's you know louisiana favorite whatever your hot sauce flavor is yeah and um, something to mask it <laughs> yeah i mean you basically drought just douse it all in hot and like yeah that's all right i mean yeah <laughs> sorry uh, i didn't mean to bring you down the dark place there of your recent <laughs> memory sorry <laughs> all good it's all good uh, so, you get me ready for lunch there you go yeah you're gonna enjoy whatever it is i sure i'm assuring you of that uh so we're talking about guiding here. What actually consists of a guided trip with you? Yeah, so my guided trips, I'm typically running those for three hours. Um, when I first started, I was doing four-hour trips, but I feel like 
a lot of times you can get everything you need and catch the fish in a three-hour period. Typically, that's going to be first thing in the morning, and then uh, more I'll do like the last three hours of the evening. Um, and with my trips, I do provide everything. You just need to get an Alabama saltwater fishing license. So I'll have all the rods and reels, all the bait, and um, I'll send you a location usually the day before, um, just kind of depending on where the best bite has been. I'll meet you at the beach, and then um, kind of depends on your experience level, what, what the person is wanting to get out of the trip. If you've done some surf fishing and you just want to catch some fish to throw in the cooler, um, or if you've never done it before, we'll kind of do a full run-through of how we're picking where we're going to set up, um, how we're picking where we're going to cast, and just kind of everything, kind of just a deep dive into surf fishing in general if if you've never done it before. Um, and then if the people want to keep the fish, I do have a cooler and ice. Do not clean the fish anymore, though. Um, so if you are fishing with me and you want to keep some fish, I'll have a cooler to put them in, um, but then you will need to take them home and clean them yourselves. Um, and and that's that's about it. There's a lot of restaurants, though, around here now, you know, in our area that you there just is, bring them. They'll yes, do the whole thing I'm, for you. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if there's any that will clean the fish. I'm not 100% sure on that. I know there's a bunch around here that will cook the fish, though. Um uh, I, I need to go through and actually get a list of that because I've been asked that question a lot recently and I'm not exactly sure what restaurants do, but I know there are some here. Um, Bama Beach Bum actually did a video series maybe two years ago um, where he went to a lot of local restaurants here in Alabama that would cook your catch um, and kind of tested them all out. So I, I need to get a list together of, of what restaurants do that. That'd be a good one to re resurface there. I mean, hell, especially with the, spring coming and you know for local yeah. businesses not a bad for sure i still love the video he did where he dropped the uh would they drop that whiting in there and that remora just <laughs> circle of lifed it oh oh at the restaurant yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny i was actually that's gt's um over in orange beach alabama and i was in there the other day talking with the manager and he wants to add some more fish to that little aquarium there so he wants me to catch him a sheep's head to put in there so that is my goal this the next week or two is to catch a sheep's head and take it to his restaurant and uh, add a sheep's head to the aquarium. That would be an interesting one for him. I know. That would be cool. He, he asked me, he's like, I need to get some more fish in here. I was like, well, the sheep's head bites hot. And he's like, dude, a sheep's head would be awesome. You pot committed like, yourself to a sheepy. <laughs> <laughs> so now I got to go catch a sheep's head and, and put it in there for him. Oh, I, I mean, y y at least you didn't pick an impossible fish. I mean, granted, you picked a difficult fish, but not an impossible fish. Yeah, I mean, I basically only have like a week or two left that I could catch one, yep. and then they're going to be out of here. So <laughs> I got to get on it. It doesn't help that the weather this week's going to be gnarly. Either. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? You're going to end up catching like an 18-incher, and then all the other ones you're going to catch are going to be monsters. You're like, uh, which, which one? Which one? I know the problem is I don't know if I have a, a live well big enough to keep a sheep's head alive for for very long. I'm gonna have to like catch it, put it in there, and run straight to the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be real close out of time. So worst case scenario, clean it in the parking lot and have them cook it up for me. <laughs> yeah, but I, I caught it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to bring you a fish for your aquarium, but it died. So instead, we're gonna eat it for lunch here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole meme. I made you a cookie, but I ate it. <laughs> right. oh, it's the thought funny. that counts. Yeah. So, so what area are you servicing? 
for your uh, um so the, the alabama coast i'll run from fort morgan to orange beach alabama i do not cover dolphin island i get that question a lot um that's that is quite the hike from over here so fort morgan to orange beach um i have had a few people ask about florida um so i am running a trip here in a couple of weeks in perdido key florida so if you're coming down and you're staying in Florida or you already have a Florida license and would prefer to fish in Florida, I will do Perdido Key, um, but I, I don't go over to Pensacola. So I don't blame you. But I mean, generally uh, Alabama. <laughs> well, it's, it's an extra haul for you. I mean, hell, for you to get to us in Navarre is what, hour, hour and a half? Almost two hours. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half, yeah. So, yeah. Dolphin. So that's the same to Dolphin Island. Dolphin. If there was a bridge from Fort Morgan to Dolphin Island, I would run trips there because you could get there fairly quickly but to go all the way around mobile all the way down to dolphin island that's like an hour and a half drive too so yeah a lot of people don't think with it when it comes to that coastline of alabama they're like oh it can't be that far no it really is it's the bridges yeah, it's, that get it's a hikes i mean we i think we have like don't quote me on this but i think it's only like 30 something miles of of coastline um, I, I could be completely wrong. That number just popped in my head. <laughs> well, we don't have very much coastline, but if you were to have to drive from Dolphin Island to Orange Beach, it would take you forever just because of the way you have to go. Yeah, this is bridges and the roads are what gets you each time. Yeah. But makes sense. So what when you're going out there and you're getting ready to go fish, what is the first thing that you look for when picking your spot to fish? Um, so for me, um, I've, obviously I already have a few locations where generally fish, but like if I'm, if I'm going to a place that I've never fished before, the first thing I'm going to do is look for any deep pockets of water, just kind of figure out where that sandbar is. Um, for instance, like Fort Morgan, our sandbar is a lot closer to the beach. And so if you can find a deep hole in front of that sandbar, um, those are going to be some good areas or like over in orange beach the sandbar is a lot further out so i'm not as too worried about that bar because i can't even get on the back side um to kind of spot in that sandbar first once you figure out if you can fish on the back side of it or not then you can start looking for any cuts in the sandbar anytime you find those which is where the rip currents are going to be those are going to be good spots that fish are going to be traveling in and out of the sandbar as well as from that rip current, it's just going to be stirring up a lot of bait. Um, so more likely that fish are going to be feeding in those areas. Uh, so anytime you can find that, you want to definitely fish around those spots. And then, like I mentioned, the any deep pockets in front of that sandbar is going to be good spots to hold bait. Um, and they're good spots for holding whiting as well. So deeper water and cuts through the sandbar are probably the two most important things, kind of structures to, to look for when you're fishing. And a lot of people kind of have trouble spotting those. The majority of the time, or pretty much all the time, waves are going to be breaking over shallow water, and then they're going to, the waves are going to be building back up over deeper water. So if you see waves breaking, that's going to be over top of that sandbar. And then as you see the waves start to build back up, that's going to be over those deeper pockets. And then also, uh, if the sun is up, it's a lot easier to tell but the lighter colored water is going to be shallower water and then darker colored water is going to be a little deeper. Nice. Speaking of that, Hey everybody, it's been 25 minutes, actually 27, but we're not counting, but 25 minutes. That means it's time for a bait check. If you haven't done your bait check yet, make sure you do it now. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish by now. 
I mean, hopefully you're actually back in the car with your limit and you're listening to this on the way home. But either way, make sure you check that bait. If it hasn't been working, switch it up. It's time to throw on something else. All right, sorry, as I digress. So um, when you're talking about the deeper water and the cuts there like that too, um, rips. I love a rip. I mean, that's my favorite thing to fish on. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Anytime you can find those those rips and the the sandbar, there's definitely going to be beneficial. Um, one, just from like I said, fish traveling in and out of the the first trough out to the backside of the sandbar, but those rip currents through there just stir up so much bait. Um, so if you can get in one of those, you're I don't want to say you're guaranteed, but it's definitely going to increase your odds of of catching those fish because sometimes like when pompano start running through they're a lot of times they're either going to be on the back side of the sandbar if they're on the front side they're they're generally going to be running the same area um so if they're all running on the back side of the sandbar and you're having trouble catching them there but if you can fish in front of a rip right there where they're going to be cutting through that sandbar it's going to be much more likely that you're going to be able to catch these fish as they travel into the the first trough right there yeah. Oh, I love that highway cut. It's like, oh, let me just put a bait here, one there. Go ahead. You just, you guys all eat. It'll be okay. Just come to me. Absolutely. <laughs> so how are your rigs set up? Uh, what what are you using uh, for your rigs and, uh, well, I mean, I'll throw it all together too, and, and your bait set up. How do you, wh- what do you normally do? Yeah, so I use all of Salty's Pompano rigs. I'm sure most of the people are familiar with him by now, um, but pretty much i'll use that for for pompano um i will change it up a little bit for whiting if i'm fishing specifically for whiting i'll do a single drop rig and i'll usually bump that down to a 10 pound fluorocarbon um usually like a size two sometimes even a size four circle hook or just a little bead little piece of shrimp and that is usually money for targeting whiting Um, but as far as pompano which is kind of what we're getting into right now I'll run a Salty's Pompano rig. A lot of people ask about the colors. It changes literally day by day. Sometimes the Pompano went green or maybe white or maybe orange, whatever it might be. So when people are asking about that to order rigs, I always recommend getting as many different colors as you can. If you can afford to buy, I think he typically has like 10 different colors. If you can afford to buy all 10 colors, just do that. And that way you can have as many options as possible. And same goes with the bait. I never go surf fishing without having some fresh dead shrimp, some fish gum, and usually some fish bites as well. That's going to give me at least three options, three options that are highly, or three options that are very easy to get. Most bait stores are going to have fresh dead shrimp, and pretty much everywhere is going to have fish gum and fish bites. So you can get those, and then if you can, if you got a sand flea rake or a ghost shrimp pump, um, those are great options as well to get the live baits as many bait options as you can have the better because again some days they're only going to eat ghost shrimp i mean you may throw out a sand flea all day long and it never get ate you throw out one ghost shrimp and it gets eat instantly so you pompano can be finicky sometimes not sometimes they'll eat whatever but i like to have as many different color options for the rig and as many different bait options that way i can present it and as excuse me in as many different ways to kind of set myself up the best I can to, to catch some fish. Uh, ghost shrimp, though, that that's the one that I think a lot of people are like, well, how do you get it? There's a lot of videos that have been coming out, but you need to plan yep. for that. Yep, absolutely. You do. It's best to be low tide 
if, if you can get low tide with a north wind, um, it, it's going to be fairly easy. Um, of course, clean water. Y'all don't have to worry about it as much over y'all's way, but here in Gulf Shores and Fort Morgan, especially coming out of Mobile Bay, we get a lot of dirty water. Yeah. Um, so if the water dirties up, you're not going to be able to see them. Uh, if the waves are picking up too much, you're not going to be able to see them or even get in the water hardly. So you definitely got to pick your days. Um, I have recently pumped some and frozen, and they actually still work pretty well when I thawed them back out. Um, so it's definitely a, an option to go out there if you have a day with good conditions. Just spend an hour or two or whatever you need to to pump and fill up a bag and maybe even save them, freeze them for a couple of fishing trips, which is probably what I'm going to have to do this year. Yeah. Although I do have to make another ghost shrimp pump because my son decided he wanted to play in the back of my truck oh. and he threw the pump out of the back of the truck onto the road and shattered it. <laughs> the PVC just like exploded. No. Oh. Although it's been sitting in the back of my truck for like three years since I've wow. made it. So it's like super brittle, I guess. And it just cracked and I almost cried. You just do. That's all it is. It was like this, the second video I ever made on YouTube was how to make a ghost shrimp pump. And that was the same pump. It was a special pump. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. It's in the trash now. I got to make another one. There you go. Now you just needed a project. You know, he just right? wants to keep you on your toes. Yeah, that is all I need is one more thing to do. <laughs> so when we're talking about rigs as well, there's, there's one piece that is important, I think, to add in there is sinkers. Uh, I talk about them mm -hmm. every now and again, too, and we have so many different ones. What do you, what do you like to use? So I usually use just a pyramid sinker. Um, I think you may call them a storm sinker. So some of the ones yep. I have actually have almost looks like the threads on the bottom of the pyramid. I think those are actually considered the storm sinkers, yeah. maybe. Yeah, those are the storm um, sinkers. Or just a regular, like, slick pyramid sinker. That's what I typically use. I do like to throw uh, Sputniks. I don't have very many of them. They are a bit pricey, and when you sling them off or if you get cut off by something, it kind of hurts the heart a little bit. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't really throw those unless I absolutely need to. Um, so generally for me, if I'm throwing a whiting rig, I'm going to be throwing a one or two ounce weight. And then if I'm throwing a pompano rig, depending on conditions, like two to four ounces. For me, I don't feel like I hardly ever have to go over four ounces. I know some guys will throw five and six ounces. I don't ever really feel like I'm in a situation where I have to have six ounces of lead. And if it's that rough, I'd probably rather be at the house than, than trying to battle the current and all that anyways. Um, so I personally don't even own anything over a four ounce. Um, and if it is that the, if it, if the current is real bad, but it's not necessarily huge waves and you need that, that heavier weight to just help you help keep you down, you can throw the Sputnik weights and that's where I'll throw like a four ounce Sputnik. And so if that current is just ripping, um, but it's still fishable cause the waves aren't too bad. You can throw that Sputnik to help hold you down. But for me personally, Anything up to four ounces is generally what I'm throwing. Yeah, anything heavier, I agree with you. I mean, I throw fives just for the distance with the Okumas, but it's never for – if a five moves, I'm moving to the car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm done. <laughs> so what made – I mean, I, I guess I kind of asked this already, but I, I, maybe I didn't. What made you actually want to start a YouTube channel? I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but made you just be like, you know what, I'm doing this. I want to. Yeah, so being down here and kind of becoming friends with Matt um, and Scott Kennedy 
and um, I've met uh, Greg with Mad Dog Fishing, and just fishing with all these different guys that were already filming and doing YouTube. Um, the more I just hung out with them and saw them doing it, and and they were kind of trying to talk me into it as well. And I I had like zero personality for YouTube. I <laughs> I'm shy. I have a very monotone voice. I hate um, public speaking. And so I have no idea how to edit. I don't even know what editing is. I don't own a camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the worst way to start off as a YouTuber. Like I, I had no nothing going for me. <laughs> um, and then finally I was like, you know what, whatever. I'll, I'll just start one. And, and so I did. And like if you go back and watch some of my first videos, I'm like hardly ever even talking. I'm just reeling in fish. So you're literally just watching my hand reeling a fish. I'm like, <laughs> today I caught a whiting. I don't know. It's I have some pretty terrible videos out there at the beginning, but but it's been good. It's been a good opportunity to to meet people and to I guess kind of get myself out there a little bit. Kind of get it's easy to kind of sit back and uh, I don't really know the word I'm looking for, but like open up a little more, kind of get out of the box and not be so shy. Yeah. So it's been good and it's been fun. I mean, your earlier videos, yeah, you, you Ricky Bobby did a couple times, but I mean, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, better than I could have ever done. I know that's for sure. So, man, I, I love it. I, I'm big fan of how you do the stuff, and I think you, you're doing a great thing by doing YouTube. You're helping so many I people. I appreciate it. So thank you for doing that. So has making a YouTube channel made you a better angler? I would say yes because having a YouTube channel, you, if you're wanting to grow on YouTube, everybody's, if you ask anybody, they're going to tell you the number one thing is consistency. You have to be consistent. And I know a lot of people like, that's not what you want to hear. You, you're looking for some like magic code to crack and how to make it on YouTube. But honestly, being consistency, being consistent is the number one thing. And so when it comes to that, like fishing throughout the winter, when fishing's tough, but I got to be consistent and I got to post like bare minimum. You have to be posting at least once a week on YouTube. And so when fishing's tough or you still got a full-time job and you're only able to fish one or two days a week, whatever it may be, it is going to force you to do some things that are probably out of your comfort zone. Maybe some things you've never done before. Um, so kind of being forced into like, I have to have a video is going to force you to adapt and to learn new things and to try new things fishing and just try to basically do whatever it takes to be successful because I, I have actually posted videos on my channel, like a fishing video where I did not catch a fish, but obviously I tried to limit those videos. <laughs> so if you go out and you're not catching fish, it is tough to get a video out of it. So I would say, yes, it has made me a better angler because I've been forced into situations where like, I have to go make something happen. And you, you just got to figure out whatever it's going to take to catch a fish and make a video. Yeah, that 10-minute video it's also, is probably Doing YouTube has also allowed me, like, more opportunities in different areas and opportunities with the, with a kayak or going out with, in a boat with some buddies or whatever it may be. So it's also opened up more opportunities and allowed me to do more more fishing outside of just surf fishing. Surf fishing is definitely how I started. Um, still kind of my primary type of fishing I do on my channel um, but I've definitely expanded and, and with YouTube has definitely allowed, allowed some of that and some of the traveling to happen so 
Yeah. It's and, been cool. And it was a good shot this year with the kayak. I mean, you did happen to catch something really, really nice. By far the coolest catch of my life. It was, it was, that was like the crazy experience. I literally had this kayak for like five days and I caught a freaking tuna in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I've caught blackfin tuna before. I, we did an offshore trip a few years ago. Um, I caught them like a hundred miles offshore in a boat, which was still cool. But going out in the Gulf of Mexico in a kayak, which I know a lot of people do it, it's not it's not super out of the ordinary. Um, but taking a kayak out there and catching a twenty pound tuna in a kayak is it is a once in a lifetime experience. And that was again, by far the coolest catch I've had so far in my life while staring at the guys on the pier. And just a cool experience. <laughs> like it's not the biggest fish I've caught or anything, but to be in a kayak by yourself in such a huge body of water being pulled around by a fish and then having to gaff this fish by yourself and land it in the kayak. Like everything is when you're in a kayak, everything's like so personal i guess like you, you it's more finesse you got to control yourself you, i don't know it's it's just a whole nother experience and definitely definitely something i'll never forget oh yeah i mean you're on the water literally ass in the water a little bit yeah. above it you have to maintain buoyancy balance while still pulling this monster that is pissed off that you yeah. cooked it yeah. <laughs> and, and, but still and the day the day i caught mine we went out the day before, and um, I went with Beach Bomb, and he caught his like 15 minutes after we started trolling. I'm like, yeah, of course, that's his look. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Not to mention, we had to drive to Navarre for this, and the bite is only hot from sun up till about 7.30. And we already talked about this earlier. I live an hour and a half away. So to be on the water by like 5.15, we were having to leave our house at like 3, 3.30, I think. I had to do that two days in a row, and I ended up catching mine on the second day. But our second day out there, it did start to get a little choppy. So now I got, like, waves crashing over the bow of the kayak <laughs> and got, like, four inches of water. And I'm like, oh, God. But I better it catch. Was, it was fun. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so have you eaten the entire thing yet, or you still got some? Yes. It's gone. There you go. <laughs> so good. We... I don't know if you like sushi, but we made some homemade sushi rolls, like fresh sushi. Um, we sliced it up and did some sashimi, and then also did some seared tuna. Oh, it was so good. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, I want to go catch another one just so I can eat it again. I hear you, man. I mean, next year, I know I'll be out there. I got the kayak. Yeah. Like, I'm going for this because um, – and, yes, I do – I am a huge fan of sushi. Um, our local place uh, – Navarre Samurai, they just did a sushi making class, and Jen and I went for our anniversary. And I was talking with the manager and the owner, and I was joking with him because the the tuna run was still hot. And I was like, "Well, hey, man, I'm gonna go out and catch a tuna, and I'm just gonna bring it in." He goes, "Oh, you bring that in, we'll have a party." I'm like, "Oh, don't <laughs> don't mess around with me, man. I I can right. eat a lot of tuna. I'm a big boy." Yeah. <laughs> I know, like when I after I caught it, like I I didn't really have a plan on doing a sushi roll, and then. I was like trying to figure out what to do for a video, and I was like, "I love sushi. I wonder if we could make sushi." 
And so I just watched a couple of videos and we went to the store and bought some stuff. And it actually, like, I had no idea what I was doing. If you watch the video, it, it turned out and it looked really good and it tasted amazing. So re really, really cool to make your own sushi. Hell yeah, man. Now you're, now you have the perfect reason to come back every, uh, you know, cause I hear that, I think it starts in December. I think the tuna. Run. I don't know. Like, so it was going on for a while. It, it was probably they were catching tuna off the pier for probably almost a month and a half to two months. Yeah, they were just keeping it before quiet. before everybody found out. And then that uh, that picture got out on Facebook, and then like everybody knew it was going off. But I didn't have my kayak when they started catching them, so I'm like debating whether or not I want to go try to catch one off the pier which is obviously a whole lot more difficult than on a kayak because one, they got to come up to the pier Two, you got to get it to eat by the pier three, you got to land it and get it all the way up on top of the pier. <laughs> so m much more difficult, not to mention you're like shoulder to shoulder with people. And so I, I didn't really want to do that, but then, um, Bonafide sent me and Matt those kayaks. We're like, yep, we're going to Navarre and we, we made it happen. So what, what, what kind I'll, of I'll definitely was that? be over there next year when it happens again. Nice. What, what kayak was that? It's a Bonafide P127. Okay. Pedal drive, and they are sweet. Yeah, you looked real comfortable in it, and you're because you're yeah. not a you're yeah, not for, a tiny person. <laughs> no, I'm I'm about six two, two twenty five, two thirty probably, and I can stand up in it fine. Got plenty of leg room, plenty of storage. It's a it's twelve foot seven, so it, it, I mean it's a long kayak, but. It's it's nice. Yeah, but a long kayak is a good, good tool to have. You need that. You need that ocean style. You need a longer kayak with a bigger body when it goes to that kind of water. So you, yeah, I think you got the perfect sure. one. That's going to be great. Yeah, if you if you want to do anything out in the Gulf, any kind of offshore near near shore kind of stuff, you definitely got to be twelve foot or longer. You don't you don't want to be going out in like a little ten footer <laughs> unless you're just like super comfortable. Because I, I think you know them, but if anybody doesn't, Gulf Coast Nation, Dylan Weir. They were actually out there the day that I caught my tuna, and they were in, I don't know the brand, but one of those little, like... The Sharker one, yeah. Yeah, like, they they just paddle shark baits out, but they're out there paddling around for three hours offshore, and they caught, he caught a tuna in his as well, and that little bitty thing. Doesn't even have a seat. Like, their back's just killing them. I'm like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, dude, they're, they're a beast. But, I went out there for their... Uh their demo day just where they were hanging out the meet and greet for fans and i watched them paddle out a half a mile to drop a bait yeah. and i'm like are you serious? yeah they're dropping baits like six eight hundred feet or yards yeah like insane He's like, i yeah. did a shark trip with them um in the fall yep. early winter sometime caught a 10 foot dusky shark that was it was like such a cool experience yeah they're then they're great guys to fish with they're so much fun absolutely yeah, they they do a really good job. If anybody wants to book a shark fishing trip, always recommend them. They they do a really good job putting you up and making a making a cool experience out of it. Yeah, they do it right, man. That's for sure. So w when it comes to, I know you're teaching when you're doing your charters as well. What do you like teaching new anglers? Um, probably like the biggest thing I get is just about locations and picking out where to fish or what like where to cast. Um, majority of people and, and me included when I first got into surf fishing, you think, okay, I'm in 
the ocean, which I mean, we're in the Gulf of Mexico, but everybody else calls it the ocean. So you're, you're in this huge body of water. You're thinking giant fish. You're thinking like still leaders with like 20 odd circle hooks. It's like a lot of people, a lot of people just go like way over the top with gear, but then they'll also think they got to cast out to Cuba to catch a fish. So they'll be, they'll wade out to shoulder deep and just cast as far as they can. But really, majority of the fish that we're going to be catching off the beach are going to be in front of that sandbar, and they may only be 15, 20 feet off the beach. You can catch redfish there, pompano, whiting, black drum. I mean, everything's going to be cruising right along the beach. So the biggest thing I like to teach people is, is one, to don't worry about trying to cast out a freaking mile every time, but also back it down on your gear. You don't need to have a... 8,000 size reel or whatever to go target a lot of these fish. You don't have to have still leader or necessarily 50 or 100 pound leader or anything. Back it all down. Go. I like to use, like I mentioned earlier, 10 to 20 pound leader, depending on exactly what you're targeting. Then, like for whiting, you may use size two or size four hooks. Pompano, maybe size one, um, or even up to like a one odd or a two odd circle hook. And then same thing with smaller baits. You don't have to put on – a lot of people hook on, like, an entire shrimp. <coughs> Excuse me. I told you that was coming at some yeah, point you today. <laughs> you did. <laughs> people will hook on an entire shrimp with the head and tail on and everything, too. But just knock that presentation down, pop the head off the tail off, cut it just big enough to, to cover the hook, and just give them a nice, light presentation. And that's usually going to be gonna be key for that. You don't – don't have to go over the top on gear or or any of that and you definitely don't have to cast a cuba yeah and it drives and i think people are amazed when you throw 20 30 feet out like even just a yeah. real close hole and all of a sudden they're logging in on a you know 13 14 inch whiting and what the like they're here they come here to i know it. it's sometimes i even like will amaze myself like sometimes you literally catch these fish where the bra- waves are breaking at the beach, you're like, how are they even there? Like, you're just basically tossing the line out. You're not even really having to cast. Mm-hmm. But and a lot of times when the water warms up and those pompano, those pompano will come in, and when those waves come up, and you got the sand fleas getting washed up, those pompano will come right on the beach and be picking up those sand fleas. I've seen it where I've not seen it yet with a big pompano, but I've seen smaller ones come up. And almost get left on the beach and like flopping back to get in the water because they're coming <laughs> so high up to feed. So you, I mean, you literally can catch them right off the beach. The weird thing that for me that I learned not too long ago, I think it was last fall. It might have been yeah, right after the fall when I was scooping sand fleas. I started seeing them because they went from the nice flat. They went to the first part of the shore monster. Um, you get close and they were there and they booked it. They just went out and I was like, okay. Now I see how the fish are getting you. Like, all right. And it was like the perfect science lesson for me to see. The the sand fleas are going to swim to try to swim away to get away from you, but they're going to go out in the water. They're not going to go other ways. That's how the, and right. the pomps and all those other ones, they're coming looking for that. They're looking for that one that's like, oh, I'm home free. I can just go swim away. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, what do you wish a new angler would do before ever starting to surf fish? Search bearded Brad on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Goes without saying. <laughs> no, I mean, just just do the research, whether it's me or whoever. I mean, you get there's plenty of videos on YouTube now. If you just look up 
surf fishing and then type in whatever location you're going to, I guarantee you, you're going to find a video and it's going to have some good information for you as well as figure out where the local tackle stores are now. I know y'all have some great ones in your area, but there's some really good ones in our area as well. J&M Tackle or Sam's uh, Tackle over in Orange Beach. They got some really good guys in there that are going to help you with anything. If you need a location on where to start, they're going to tell you a good beach access. <clears throat> if you need rods and reels, baits, whatever it may be, the local tackle stores are going to give you a lot of good information and just kind of help you set you up for success. Um, like I mentioned, you can find a video on YouTube about anything, so you can find plenty of good information out on there as well. Yeah, man. So, and make sure you know your regulations. Yeah, I was about to say. The, the, the remember your video recently? <laughs> What's that? I was going to say regulation. I, that was going to be my next one about regulations because you had a very good video about the uh, fishing Different game. Different apps. No, no, no. The fishing game or, where he they, they were just off by a day. Knowing yep, the regulations. Yep. Yeah, so Fish Rules, it's one word, Fish Rules. It's a really great app. Um, you can set it to your GPS location, so no matter where you are, it'll work. It also runs off satellite, so if you are fishing offshore, it'll know what waters you're in. Because sometimes it can be tricky. I went out, it's probably been a month ago or so now, but we went out of Perdido Pass in Orange Beach, but we kind of worked our way east a little bit. We actually ended up fishing Florida which can be a big difference. Um, there's, there's a lot of different regulations in Alabama water versus Florida water. And then you can also be in federal water. So there's really three, if fishing out of Orange Beach or Florida, if you're right on that border, you could potentially be in one of three different bodies of water, whether it's Florida state water, Alabama state water, or federal waters, all of which could have a little bit different regulations. So having that fish rules app, that'll know where you are. Um, works really well. Mm -hmm. Avoid those fines because they're real. Because you could use that fine money for something else, like a new rod or a new reel. <laughs> right, <laughs> for sure. Nobody wants that. Nobody no. wants to be paying fines. No, it hurts. Um, why do you think that uh, surf fishing has become so appealing to so many people? I think that through... Through, probably mainly through YouTube, people being able to see what all you can catch and what you can do. It's not like it's grown a ton over, even since I've just been down here. I've been here about three years and it's grown like crazy. But I think more people just realize what you can catch from the beach now that more people know how to do it. And the fact that literally anybody can do it. You can come down here. Even if you don't want to buy a rod and reel, there's tackle stores that will rent them. So you can literally just come down here. I think it – I don't know for sure. Most places are like 20 bucks if you want to rent a rod and reel. So you can rent a rod and reel. You can buy a, a pompano rig and some shrimp. And you can go catch dinner right in front of your condo or the house you're renting. Um, a lot of people get seasick and don't want to go out in a boat. So you can go out to the beach and catch fish. I mean, there's there's so many species of fish you can catch from the beach and not have to deal with the expense of a boat or getting seasick or anything like that or just traveling at all. You can catch everything right in front of wherever you're staying. So um, just the ease of it and, and all that, just really good opportunity for people to get out and, and fish and even catch dinner. So a lot more accessible than than some other options of fishing. 
Yeah. It is nice to catch dinner right there, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so what's next for Bearded Brad, the channel? Mm, I'm hoping to do a lot more traveling. I just got back. We talked about this before we got started, but I just got back from Jacksonville a couple of days ago. Went out there with one of my sponsors, um, Catchco Mystery Tackle Box Shop Carl's. Um, and they brought down, I think there were seven of us, seven YouTubers, and we stayed in the Airbnb and fished sun up to sundown every day and got a ton of content, a lot of really cool stuff coming out of that trip. Um, but aside from just that, I'd like to do more traveling this year. And I did get to go to South Florida once last year. I'd definitely like to make it to South Florida again, try to get on a bigger snook um, as well as add a couple other species to the list. Just try to expand on on the fishing content. I'd like to to grow and and catch more species. We you're also talking about that. Uh, what is it, the 50, 50 species or, oh, or yeah. what was it? The catch a Florida memory fifty uh, lifetime fifty life lifetime fifty list. Basically, the fifty yeah. fish to catch on that. Yeah, I was just gonna say you need to get on the Florida catch a memory if you're gonna go back down to South Florida because you're gonna be. You're going to be climbing that thing, man. I, I, I bet yeah, you can I need get to, there. I need to pull up that list and see what all is on there. I know there, there's definitely a couple of species that I want to knock off the list, and mainly out of a kayak this year. I want to catch a tarpon out of the kayak, and I want to catch a cobia. The cobia out of the kayak might be a little difficult. But, well, the, both of them would be difficult, but um, cobia is easier like sight casting, but I'd love to catch a cobia and a tarpon. Those are two fish I've not caught yet. I did hook a tarpon last year. I just got broke off at Gulf Shores Pier because the pier got destroyed from the hurricane and they haven't fixed it. Hint, hint. <laughs> but, if you're listening, people, hint, hint. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> Fix the pier. <laughs> Seriously, so I, I hooked this fish. I don't know if you've ever been to Gulf Shores Pier. Not yet. Um, but I was... I was closer to the beach from like where the bathrooms are. So I wasn't that far down. I was, I was in front of the sandbar because I was sight fishing and I was waiting on a tarpon to come through. Two tarpon came in. I threw at them. They kind of spooked and started swimming off, reeled in real quick, threw it back on top of his face and he just freaking hammered it. And so I got like three or four jumps out of him. He ran me all the way to the end of the pier but it wasn't the actual end of the pier because where the, half the pier got destroyed. And so they put a new like stopping point, but the actual end of the pier is still out there. All the pilings, you just can't get there. And so I fought this fish for what felt like 20 or 30 minutes. And he, I, he was starting to give up, but he was just like barely swinging out South and he was just trying to go South. And he ended up getting all the way out to the end of the pier. And just cut me off on one of the pilings jerk it was a sad 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 time <laughs> but i got all the jumps on video it, it made a really cool video it was still a cool experience sight fishing the tarpon and hooking my first one yeah man but this year i got a land one i want to put my hands on one out of the kayak hey you've already you've set the goal so, so now you're gonna have to do it that's that's, that's the plan <laughs> Oh man! Well, I seriously. Oh, uh, definitely one of the most important of the last questions. When are you available for charters? Um, the schedule's starting to book up now. But if you're coming down, get with me as soon as possible. 
a lot of the people seemed to book like last minute. Um, so people are like, oh, we're going out of town next week. Let's figure out what we're doing. Um, so my schedule is starting to fill up, but just hit me up on uh, Facebook or you can email me at beardedbrad92 at gmail.com or message me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and uh, ask for my availability. Or you can check out my website as well. It's beardedbradfishing.com. And there's a spot on there where you can fill out um, what day you want to go, time of day. And uh, it's got a spot where you can leave a comment. Just let me know whatever. Um, and I'll get back with you and see if we can get you on the calendar. That's good stuff, man. So I didn't catch this, but what was what was one of the sponsors? Mr. or Mystery Tackle Box? What was that? Yeah, Mystery Tackle Box. Oh, okay. Um, so Mystery. They're really cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, so they do. Um, they got freshwater boxes as well as saltwater. <coughs> So if you do live somewhere and you do primarily bass fishing, um, you can get on their boxes and they'll ship you a box to your door every single month. And it'll be just an assortment of different lures, um, a lot of name brand stuff. Um, and then they got the saltwater box as well, which is what I get. Um, I actually just got a box um, yesterday. And so it's just got a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, and like I've gotten some stuff that I probably never would have bought at a store before, but you get you're like, huh, that's kind of neat. Um, so you get to try some new stuff as well. So really cool. Um, and then the, it, it's all under catch code, but they also have shopcarls.com, which is like an online tackle store. And I get a lot of my, um, my jerk baits. Like I like using Yozuri jerk baits. I get all those off of there. They have a car. It's called Carl's club. You can save like 30% and get, get some really good deals on stuff. So definitely check them out man i've always wondered with the mystery tackle box now i gotta send them a message like hey by the way you're dropping your name in the podcast sorry not sorry. yeah <laughs> absolutely get you a, get you a podcast sponsor oh man one day one day i will figure out sponsorships i still don't understand how to do it right now i'm just happy people talk to me and that i can at least right? put the knowledge <laughs> out there and try to help somebody that's going to come down and fish so i'm, win sure. I'm winning in that one <laughs> that's what it's all about yeah, that's man. what really matters well, I appreciate you coming on, Brad. Really, I do. Thank you so much for sharing hey, all the knowledge that you got. Me. Anytime, man. I look forward to seeing you again. I know I will soon. Absolutely. All right, man. I'll catch up with you. All right. All right. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Bearded Brad. If you did not get a full page of notes, uh, you missed out on some stuff. Definitely go back and listen. Uh, I have a ton of notes here that I still take while I'm giving doing these interviews. So lots of good things for you to go back and listen to. Uh, lots of good tips and tricks, especially talking about where to drop lines, how to do it. And if you're looking to come down to the Alabama area, Orange Beach, uh, Fort Morgan to Orange Beach area, and you're looking for a charter, there you go. Brad's got you covered, but make sure you reach out early so that we can get your time filled. So, well, I appreciate you all sticking around. Thank you so much. If you haven't been to Brad's stuff or any of his channels or anything, make sure you go on over there. Give a like, subscribe, and follow. It's always got good knowledge. Uh, he's always got good knowledge coming out there, and it's in some stuff you don't want to miss. Uh, same for me on Finding Demo Surf Fishing. If you just found this helpful, like it, share it, subscribe it. Let somebody know, hey, I learned something cool, and that's the whole point of this channel. Hopefully it's bringing you something. So I appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Get out there and fish. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I'm out.